The Drive Home with Kenton Dick on Mix 96. Anyone making their way up and down Southwood Drive in Steinbeck may have noticed a front yard with just a whole bunch of displays about indigenous issues. While that actually happens to be Bambi Dawn's front yard, I was able to drop by and chat with her about it. I started off by asking her, tell me a little bit about herself and what led to this whole set of displays. Well, um, in recent years, I've been really trying to connect with my own Indigenous Cree heritage. So that has sent me on a lot of little mini journeys. Um, my Indigenous family originally uh, comes from Lac La Ronge, Saskatchewan. And so I've been able to determine that some of my relatives went to the McKay School out there. And so um, my job um, takes me to Saskatchewan once a month. But because of COVID, I haven't been able to go. So now this summer, I'm planning to go and see what I can find out okay. out there. There's been a, a, a few years you've been you've been really pushing into this a little bit more. Yeah, I would say more so in the last couple of years, but I would say over the last 10 years. I think some of it started when I was attending Steinbeck Bible College. Mm-hmm. They do those mission trips up to northern communities, and so I did spend a week up in Nelson House, and that opened my eyes to a lot of things that I wasn't aware of, and yeah. so yeah. Tell me about this display, because people who live on Southwood Drive obviously have seen it, and those that have driven through have seen your display on the front yard, and it's been growing. Tell me about uh, what, what, what you're doing here and how this came to be. Well, I feel like there's so many layers to that whole Indigenous topic, right? And so I thought if I did all of these displays on one day, it would just be way too overwhelming and it would be a lot to take in and it would just be easy to just sort of blow past it like, whoa, who's the weird lady? But I just started off with one sign with a pamphlet just about Indigenous Peoples Day and and in the pamphlet that I had accompanying it... um, I recognize like we are standing on Treaty 1 territory and the home of all the lists that's there like Ishinaabe, Cree, Cree, Dene, um, Ojibwe. And so I thought this is a great place to start. And then the next day was Orange Shirt Day. Like, what's that about? And so I added some orange shirts into my tree and more explanation about, you know, Phyllis Webstead and she's she has a story and it was made into a children's book and, you know, and then an actual residential school survivor. I was really touched by his story online. And so I got permission from his daughter, you know, to make sure it was okay if I actually shared the story with my community. Mm -hmm. And so they've actually been following this now since I asked for that permission. They they actually live in BC. I email her now all my um, handouts and then she distributes it to people who want to know what I'm doing out here in Steinbeck. <laughs> so it's kind of like one sign a day that's tackling different issues and you started like you said on National Indigenous Peoples Day. What's kind of the, the time span and, and, and what's how has this thing progressed? Well while I was contemplating doing something I wanted to do something and so Indigenous Peoples Day was coming up and then I knew Canada Day was coming up and I had really been hearing a lot of um, stuff in the Indigenous community about cancelling Canada Day and I wasn't sure that that people would really understand why people would want to cancel Canada Day. So I felt like if I did something every day and built upon what we learned yesterday and just kept adding those layers, that by the time Cancel Canada Day came around, people would kind of get a picture of, oh, well, yeah, I can kind of see why people would want to cancel Canada Day. 
What's the community uh, said? Have you had you gotten any reaction from people? I've gotten lots, lots and lots of positive reaction. To be honest, um, one of my neighbors is a school teacher, and he was mentioning that he has felt a little bit intimidated about approaching this topic in school, and then. This year, he decided to take that chance and just see what happened. And he gave kids opportunity to leave the class if they heard things that they were a little bit uncomfortable with. But it was just a classroom discussion, and it was the POC kids kind of leading the discussion and answering the questions. And he was just kind of there to sort of facilitate it and stuff. And nobody left; they were all highly engaged. So I feel like everybody is actually interested, and we just don't know enough. To know how to engage with that community, and um, and I think things like land back can be really intimidating. Like, does that mean they want my house? You know. And so, um, in today's brochure, I have explored that topic a little bit more in depth about what that really means to Indigenous people, and it means a lot of different things. Some of it is getting some of that land back, but also just you know that relationship and connection with the land and having like a positive. You know, um, equal relationship with all people that are living on this land. So, yeah, it's about harmony and relationship for them. Has it been also a little bit uplifting for for you? Has it been a journey for yourself? Well, you know, um, I only just recently got called back to work. I've been off work since like last year March, and so um, it can get a little tiring just being home all the time. And so this kind of gave me a bit of a perk of like sort of a purpose and something that's. That's good and creative, and yeah, so it's been really good for me, and just being able to explore some of these really tough topics. Pretty much all the neighbors that I've talked to so far, which are several, they're like, "Oh, we just love what you're doing here. It's such good ideas," and so it's been really great, like such a great reception. Uh, moving on to the Canada Day topic, tell me about your thoughts on the cancel Canada Day thing. But then, oh, in yeah. addition to that, just I guess maybe if you have any like personal kind of thoughts or feelings about Canada Day in general. Well, the idea of Canada Day is um, we're celebrating this country, and when we think about celebrating this country, we're celebrating colonization, actually, like the founders of the ca- of the country, the Confederation, and and I love this country, and I want to celebrate Canada Day, but. When you realize that all of these great and wonderful things happened because there was this enormous genocide, and that there's still people living today that have experienced those things, um, it's pretty tough. I know I, I'm just recently finding out that a lot of Indigenous people haven't celebrated Canada Day for a long time, just like they don't celebrate Thanksgiving either, for the same reason. And and so it made a lot of sense to support them, especially. Now that all of these residential schools are actually finding these unmarked burial sites, and um, how can we celebrate those Confederate, you know, colonization ideas when all of this pain is happening at the same time? I mean, even one of my neighbors, like she's heard that some things got dug up and whatever, but then when she saw my Kawasis display, she was like, "Does every mark mean a child?" I'm like, yeah. And those other displays, every ribbon is a child. And so it was kind of cathartic for myself even just making those displays like this means another kid, this is another kid. And it's like, it was really, it was very emotional even just doing that. And I watched um, when when the chief from Kawasis was, was doing his press release that day and I felt 
I felt really emotional, but I also felt like this man knows what he's talking about and he has a plan. And speaking of plans, I feel like people are really intimidated. White people are intimidated by, um, you know, how do we solve this Indigenous problem that we have in this country? It's so big. It's so multi-layered. It's so, like, overwhelming. How do we deal with that? Well, the thing is, is that when the Truth and Reconciliation came through this country, they actually, Marie Sinclair was chairing that, and he, they came up with 94 calls to action. And they've only done 10 so far. And they say that 60 are in progress, which feels like sort of an excuse to kind of drag their heels on things. And really, if they solved all of the 94 calls to action at the same rate that they solved the first 10, we would be in the 2060s before we would even be done that. So it doesn't sound very hopeful for Indigenous people, and I think they really want reconciliation now. And one thing that I find really interesting about healing from those experiences, like if you look at Clifford um, Weapendikapo, mm-hmm. um, he's the man that I featured on one of my days, and he, he experienced all the bad stuff in school and then and and he even says like I didn't learn anything I just learned violence and so when he got married and then had a uh, his first daughter like they experienced some of those repercussions because if you don't have any kind of support to deal with the trauma that you've been through you haven't been given any skills for living your life later and you're dealing with PTSD and all of those things I mean how do you medicate that away? Like, how do you deal with that? And and so there were some issues there. And then he was given an opportunity to tell his story during the truth and reconciliation thing. And his demeanor changed. And his younger daughter says, like, I don't even know what my dad was like before mm. because she was she was younger. And she's like, my dad is so loving and and their family's doing well and it it made a huge difference being able to just tell tell the story and I mean even if you look at the psychological side and maybe I'm going off on another little tangent here but like when someone goes through severe trauma um, it actually can give you like brain damage or hinder some parts of your of your mind that that way it like it actually physically changes things in your brain so I mean, if people have a hard time recovering from those atrocities, like you can't really blame them. They can't, you can't really expect them to just get over it or it's in the past. Well, that's nice for you, but like it doesn't really work that way for this person. Yeah. So we have to just kind of take those things into consideration, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's so many, this whole journey has really just taken me on a, on a, a real learning experience as well because I don't want to just put out any kind of information. I want to make sure that not only is it accurate information but it's also communicating the right message um, for Indigenous people. So I kind of feel like I have sort of one foot in the Indigenous camp but I didn't grow up with that in my life so I feel like I grew up in more of a white uh, centric life and so then on that my other foot's sort of in the camp of being an ally And I remember and I know what it feels like to be a white person and not really sure like what those natives want or whatever. But 
also just recognizing my own thinking and the way that um you know just being surprised that that indigenous friend of mine is a good mom why am i surprised why do i think that way it's just that just sort of that thing that you don't really notice until you're confronted with it and so i've been really working on challenging my thinking why do i think the things that i think about indigenous people would i think that way about a white person if not that's a challenge for me to decolonize my mind Thank you so much for for chatting about this whole display and your take on things. Thank you very much.